the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. That's us. Wait, that's us. Hold on. Is, is that? Oh, that is us. Every time that, that return plays and, you know, like I'm not quite, I'm kind of scrambling over here getting some stuff done during break. I always think of the scene in Little Giants. Uh-huh. Pitch to Johnny. Wait, you can't pitch to Johnny. Oh, Johnny. I'm Johnny. You can't do that. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. We're going to get to your tweets in just a second. But, Motsy, one of the things that we've been doing here ahead of April 9th, which is the fan deadline to vote, is spending some time every week discussing some Hall of Honor candidacy. Um, it's real simple, folks. You guys know the Steelers Hall of Honor, how it works. You, the fans have a chance to be a part of the voting process. It's ongoing now through April 9th on the Steelers' website. You can get involved. You can vote for who you think should be inducted into the Hall of Honor. And then the committee, when they meet in the spring and summertime, will tally up all those numbers and will use that as part of their discussion and part of their decision-making process when they discuss this year's Hall of Honor class. Last week, Arthur Motes and I talked about a guy near and dear to both of our hearts and Joey Porter. This week, Motesy, I thought we'd change it up a little bit. Because, you know, it's one thing to hear from you and I, and, and we can do a good job with that with the 90s and the 2000s guys, but for some of this Hall of Honor candidacy, a lot of these guys played before you and I were even born. Come on, man. Don't be exposed to my age like that. So I thought for, for just a few minutes here, this is just like an eight-minute clip, Stan Saverin and Merrill Hodge. Wow. That's an awesome duo right there, That's a the great way. duo discussing the candidates from the 1980s. Here's what they had to say. <laughs> Hello, Steelers Nation. I'm Stan Saverin. We welcome you as we begin to consider the Hall of Honor nominees for the Steelers Hall of Honor for the class of 2021. Soon, the committee, of which I'm a member, will be meeting to begin discussing some of those players and coaches and personalities available for induction this year. But we cannot do it alone. The names that we are already looking at, we're going to talk about today, have been submitted by many of you. Here's how you can get involved. Just go and nominate at Steelers.com or use the Steelers mobile app if you would like. Or while we're discussing with Merrill Hodge, who I'll introduce in just a moment, you can order your nominations up, if you will, in the comments section. And speaking of Merrill Hodge, the longtime Steelers running back joins me now. Merrill, great to see you. How are you? I'm great, Stan. We're going to concentrate on the decade in which you came in, in 1987, the 1980s. And uh, the first gentleman we're going to discuss, first round draft pick, 1983, one of the most electrifying players the Steelers have ever had, Lewis Lips, number one pick out of Southern Mississippi. In his rookie year, he set the NFL's rookie record for punt returns. Uh, he made two Pro Bowls. He was two-time an All-Pro, averaged 17 yards per catch. There were many things that Lewis Lips couldn't do on a football field. Well, and what made him so dynamic, you know, when you're a punt returner and a, really what makes a good wide receiver stand is your ability to stop and start, your ability to separate and make people miss. I mean, that's ultimately, I mean, People harp on speed, and quite honestly, speed is not the main focus if you want to be a great wide receiver. Does it help? Yes, but you have to have that other combination. 
I will tell you this, uh, Louie was a, a difference maker. I have to tell you a quick story. When I was, uh, when I first got drafted, you know, I knew Louie was the man, um, but I had never been to a game. So my first preseason game, when, you know, they're introducing the offense, they got to Louie lips and they started booing him. And I was like, <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking, now, I, 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 what did Louie do there? But I didn't realize it was, they were Louie. <laughs> Cause I was thinking, why, why are they booing this guy? This guy's unbelievable. And then I, I, I figured it out that they were just saying Lou as he come running out. But he was a true difference maker. He was dynamic. You could trust him. Um, and he helped us in so many ways with uh, with lining up for our offense because he had to win in double teams, and he did. And that's I that's a mark of a real number one guy. you got to win against people that are doubling you and trying to take you from the game. And can you still show up? And Louie did that. NFL Rookie of the Year in 1983. Uh, it reminds me, when Lewis Lips is introduced at old-timers events or Hall of Honor events, the fans at Heinz Field still go, Lou, it's like Heath Miller. Even now, when a tight end catches the ball, and you know Heath hasn't been here for a long time, they still scream, Heath. The same yep. thing with uh, with Louis Lips. What a tremendous dynamic player. Well, that's a great word for him, uh, a dynamic player. Uh, a year before Lewis Lips got here, the Steelers drafted a young man uh, linebacker, no one knew much about him, named Mike Merriweather. Well, all he ended up doing was become a three-time, three consecutive years Pro Bowl selection, first-team All-Pro, and the NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1984. And what strikes me about Mike Merriweather, he was sort of the first of what we see now with edge rushers, you know, kind of long and, and, and lanky. Uh, and in his best year, he had 15 sacks. Now, maybe that's more common today. We see a guy like T.J. Watt getting that. But back in the day, that was a phenomenal number. Well, because they didn't throw the ball nearly as much, too. You know, you're right. So he didn't have as many opportunities. But I will tell you this, Stan. He is one of the greatest pros that I've ever been around. In fact, I learned how to be a pro partly because of Mike Webster, Mike, we Mike Merriweather. Mike Webster was the other one. But Mike Merriweather and how he approached getting ready every day. When we were at training camp, as soon as Chuck would break the meeting, Mike Merriweather would bolt out of that meeting and run some 300 yards to the field, and he never stopped the entire game. And because he's a linebacker, well, we have to, I have to defend him a lot. Um, when you talk to, about his uniqueness to build to sack the quarterback, to me, a sack is the, one of the most overrated statistics in football because if you say you have 15 sacks, which he did, well, he played some – 1800 snaps you know 1500 snaps he played 50 there's 1500 1500 plays that he played other than those 15 sacks what'd he do that's what mike webster to me was um mike merriweather excuse me was, was such a dynamic player he played every aspect of the game and you had to concern yourself with him. he played the run as good as anybody's played the run he was a great tackler he was a smart player he dropped into coverage um in fact when he left to go to minnesota i mean that that devastated our team because he was not only an awesome player, but he was an awesome individual and a true leader and a true pro from young players that came in, um, regardless of what side of the ball you played on. Um, you tried to model yourself after him. He was so athletic. I mean, sort of before his time. Um, yeah. And he, as you mentioned, went to Minnesota's a contract issue, um, sat out a year. The Steelers got a number one draft choice for him, but uh, his career was cut short. Uh, but, he certainly made out in that regard. People talk a lot about, well, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. What can you expect to get in a six-round pick? Well, maybe you don't get Tom Brady, but you can get a really good football player 
And that's what the Steelers got in Dwayne Woodruff, six-round draft pick out of Louisville, ended up being a starter. He was uh, on that 79 team that won a Super Bowl. He didn't, didn't play a whole lot, but was a starter after that. Was here for a very long time. Um, and maybe his greatest achievement was now becoming a judge in Pittsburgh. Went to law school at night. What an admirable guy and an underrated football player, Merrill. Well, Steve, you're exactly right. Underrated is the perfect way to describe Dwayne. And I think why he's underrated, he wasn't appreciated for how rock solid he was. You know, um, now if you did, because he didn't have a ton of interceptions, people see, think you're not a good corner. And that is absolutely the wrong mark to measure uh, a corner. It's their ability not to give up big plays and to hold their, their end of the responsibility, whether it's coverage or one-on-one. -on -one. And he was another player, you know, early in my career, even though he was on the end of his career, he was one of many players, but how he played the game, the IQ in which he played it, how smart he was. Um, when I'd watch them play, we'd have to execute plays against them to watch just how smart and knowledgeable they were about hey, what we were doing and how they needed to play. Um, I was always impressed with Dwayne. And listen, I can think of many times, I think it was the Miami game, you know, that he makes a critical interception against Dan Marino that solidifies the game. You know, there were so many times that he made pivotal plays too that helped us win games, even at the end of his career. But his his rock-solid ability and his IQ and how he played the game always stood out to me and I always marveled at that. Uh, that's so well put. He was just so reliable. And I remember Chuck and Woody Woodenhofer saying to me, you just put him over there at left corner and you don't have to worry about a thing. You're all yep. set. Don't worry about a thing. I guess maybe underrated is, is the word of the day. This guy was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Keith Willis. Uh, again, another guy that no one knew a whole lot about. You know, played at Northeastern, not a big school. Uh, 14 sacks one year, um, had 59 in his career. What a solid defensive end and pass rusher Keith was. Yeah, you know, when I got into the league, I, I tell you what, the first thing I, that stands out to me with Keith Willis, he's one of the funnest characters ever <laughs> on practice. I mean, they, they, I remember thinking, man, I want to have as much fun as that guy's having over there. Because Keith, Keith Willis always had fun, whether it was in practice or in a game. He was infectious with how he, he played the game. But, you know, if you look at through his era, you know, there wasn't a lot of dominant, you know, they didn't have the defensive line they had back in the 70s. There wasn't, hey, we got to worry about all these guys. It was it was Keith Willis, and he got, that was the guy that they had to eliminate if they wanted to be effective against us. And even with that, Keith Willis still disrupted games. And to me, that's the mark of, of a difference maker. He's not the guy who does it when it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's when they're trying to take you from a game, and they were constantly trying to do that uh, with Keith Willis. Keith learned his lessons well from Chuck Knoll, the defensive staff. Uh, he was the uh, coach, an assistant coach uh, with the Tennessee Titans. He's now the assistant head coach at Slippery Rock University. So he's uh, been in coaching ever since um, he retired. And those are just some of the guys from the 80s that are certainly under consideration for the Hall of Honor induction class of 2021. We are asking for your help. You can offer your nominations by going to Steelers.com or using the Steelers mobile app. Merrill, it was so great, especially guys you played with, talking about them, your remembrances. Uh, that means everything. It was so great to catch up with you. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. And thanks to you, Steelers Nation.
I mean, two legends just cutting it up there, Arthur Motes. Legends. We were talking about, I mean, those guys have been involved with sports and with the Steelers organization for lo- literally longer than you and I have been alive. Which is cra- <laughs> almost combined. <laughs> almost that, that's com- the crazy part. Almost <laughs> combined. Like, it is, it, it's crazy. And that's why I said, you know, we could have we could have sat here and talked about guys like Louis Lips. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I felt like it meant more coming from Stan Saverin, who covered those guys, and Merrill Hodge, who was able to play with a lot of those guys. Great stuff from those two. Like I said, Hall of Honor voting is open now through April 9th on the Steelers website. Get your voice heard out there. Get involved. And you can also, if you want to watch that video, if you want to watch Stan and Merrill have that conversation, some of the highlights they play as well, too, uh, as always. But pretty much, you know, we, we don't play a ton of audio here on the show, but when we do, you can almost always find it in video form as well on Steelers.com. Motsi, what do you say we get to some of these tweets before Come on, we get man. out of here? The power grid has been waiting, so let's answer what they need. Thrash with a very astute point here. He said, you mean to tell me that the last time the NFL changed their schedule like this, 1978, that the Steelers won the Super Bowl? Boom. Championship. Uh, you know what? I'll take it then in that regard. Is that simple, man? That's an Championship. Ast- that's Let's an go. astute point by Thrash Metal Guy. Uh, Thrash wants to know also, are we excited for the holiday this weekend? He says, no, not Easter Sunday. It's the first day of trout fishing season. <laughs> I enjoy fishing, Arthur Motes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like it's like the same way with hunting. Like, but I'm just not nah. a I'm not like a go out of my way guy to do it. So for me, it's weird. I've fished numerous times. I actually ha- I just recently got my fishing license Did a year you? ago. Yeah, because like my kids, they want to fish. They want to fish. But so you got to have the license. Yeah, to take but it's weird. I'm still like getting more into like me doing it by myself, not sure. like paying someone to take not being us. on a big yeah, fancy boat. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> It's hit or miss right now, but it, it, I, I'm with you though. Shout out, shout out to trout season, baby. Like that's a like I I'm kind of spoiled in this regard. You know this. I think I shared this, but uh, my mom was born and raised on a 350 acre farm in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like so, I grew up hunting. To me, was me and one of my uncles grab a gun and go out on the property. Right. Fishing to me was grab a pole and walk down to the pond. On the, uh, there was no hunting license. There was no fishing yeah. license. There was no, you got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to get there and get your spot and all that stuff. So I was kind of spoiled in that regard. So yeah, I do. I like fishing. I like shooting guns. Mm. I just don't like a lot of the uh, waking up early and the getting the licenses and the jumping through hoops that comes with hunting and fishing. I can definitely <laughs> agree with you on that. Me with his three-pack of questions, Arthur Motes. Uh, first, though, like always, he's got to hit us with a funny anecdote. Uh-oh. Me says, I was at the Steelers-Vikings game in London in 2013. AP game. AP game. Yeah. Lev Bell had a pretty good game that game, he too, did. didn't he? He did. Uh, he said, the weirdest thing was overhearing Brits talking about fantasy football depth. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, lad, you've got, you got to make sure you have at least four solid running backs, yeah? You don't need a ton of quarterback play, but you've got to have what? the depth at running back. Hey, buddy, let's go. First question for me. <laughs> Do the Steelers draft a tight end early on? I don't think so. You say Cal Pitts? What? I mean, uh, if Kyle Pitts is there, pick 24, let's take him. Yes. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but I just – we've talked about it. Uh, I would say running back is a bigger priority. I would say offensive line is a bigger priority. Yeah. I would say linebacker is a bigger priority. Yeah, I would second all those notions that you just made right there. Yeah, I just – and tight end is one of those positions that if you're not a generational talent, if you're not one of those yes. X factors, you don't really take those guys first and second round. And like, even then, like – I mean, you think with TJ Hawkinson, right? 
you no see a fan. I mean, right. It's like, like they, a, they do some things well, but it's, it's still not the same as if you take like a receiver or, or running back yes. or a quarterback it, at one. Like it's just different. Kelsey was a third round pick. Right. Kittle right. was a fifth round pick. Gronk was a second round pick. Yeah. But, yeah, but even I think, Hernandez. I think, Hernandez was what? Second round? No. Third, third I think. Third. I yes. Think so. No, he might have been fourth, actually. Check her. No, 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 no. Hernandez wasn't fourth. Hernandez was third. Well, let's see. We have this beautiful thing. Fourth round pick, 113th. It was. Four, I, was I thought it was fourth round. Absolutely. They picked a few few spots before Arthur Motes was in the tw- that 2010 draft. Come on, man. Elite of the elite. Well, on the field. Uh, <laughs> well, it technically could be. <laughs> yeah, nah, I ain't going to go I, there. It, just, it, it, didn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers drafted a tight end. Yeah. But if you're saying early it, on, I think first three rounds, and it, I, don't, I don't see correct. that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Second question for me, what is the best cheese to go with crackers? <laughs> oh, man. Applewood smoked cheddar. Monchego. Young or old? I'm not yeah. picky. Smoked Gouda. I was about to say, we got to have some Gouda, right? Gotta have I'm, some I'm Gouda. a Gouda guy. Big time Yeah, got to have Gouda. You a smoked Gouda or a straight up Gouda? I'm a straight up Gouda, but I do like smoked Gouda. Okay. I'm not against it. I like applewood. Applewood smoked cheddar is probably my favorite I mean, cheese. I, I, I really prefer just the cheese, the the platter, like where the I have like the different. Yeah, like like just give me the. I don't want because it doesn't matter. Even when we're talking about the meats that you typically associate with them, right? Because you got you can't just have cheese. You got to have a little slice of charcuterie. You know, you got to have something, right? But I like the variety because I don't want to just eat a ton of the same meats. I don't want to just eat a ton of the same cheeses. I, I like to switch it up while I'm consuming them. So yeah. Give me some charcuterie, baby. Absolutely. As long as it, 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 do I get my wine to come with it? That's the more important Obvi- part. Well, the only question is red or white. <sighs> we'll go red. Bottle of red. Bottle of white. Whatever your appetite. Last one for me, Arthur Motes. He wants to know who would win a game of pool. Between who? Mario Lemieux or oh. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> oh, 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 Mario versus the kid. I'm going Lemieux. Because pool. Mario probably has a lot more free time in his day to play pool. <laughs> to drink wine and play yes, pool? Yes, 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 without a doubt. So see, so I'm, I'm going Mario. What, see, is I it Mario I, or we call him Mario? Which one we want to call him today? I, you know what I mean? You know, I think it's Mario, technically. I wonder if he really cares. Like, I wonder if in the back of his mind, every time somebody like I just did there a second ago calls him Mario, if he's like, I'm not a freaking super <laughs> Nintendo brother. Mario. See, I ain't heard Mario until I came up north. He's not Italian either. He's French Canadian. Yeah, but I heard that, that's like the up north thing. Mario down south is always Mario. Sure, everybody's Mario down south. It's Listen, Mario. All that it's I Mario. know, John Barbaro, who was the longtime Penguins uh, PA guy throughout the '80s and '90s and 2000s. Number sixty-six, Mario Lemieux. Also, I'm going with Sid. Because I have seen how competitive this dude gets when he loses a game of PUBG or Call of Duty. Uh-huh. I can only imagine what he'd be like at pool. Okay. But okay. I like your logic, too. I hey, do. man, I didn't see any people get upset about losing, and they still lose. And they still lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a man, a man once told me, I ain't scared of you. I don't, I don't care about dying. There's plenty of people that got killed that ain't scared to die. It don't matter if you have fear or not. It's matter if you can get the job done or not. You can be the most competitive person in the world. If you suck, you still going to suck, baby. Joe King wants to know. Hey, get it? Joe King. I'm joking. Hey. Joe, Joe King, you know what? April Fool's Day is your day. Joke. I'm just joking. He's just joking. Are you joking or are you joking? That's the real question. I, I, I have a buddy, Dan King, from high school, and he had an mm. older brother named Joe, and he used to make that joke all the time. <laughs> he'd like, you know, we'd be like having parties in high school, and he'd like come downstairs and be like, all right, you guys all got to go home. 
No, no, I'm just joking. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. joking. Uh, Joe King wants to know, I wonder if it's the same Joe King. Probably not. If Sam Darnold's worth a third-round pick. Uh, is Sam Darnold worth a third-round pick? Yes. Is he worth it right now to the Steelers? I would say no. If you're the Steelers, you already have taken your flyer on a Sam exactly. Darnold type. That's who Dwayne Haskins is for you. If you didn't take Dwayne Haskins, then you make this move for Sam Darnold. Biggest difference between the two is Washington, they wanted to go ahead and release him because of the timing they of it. They just wanted to wash their hands. Right. Whereas for the Jets, they're probably going to end up releasing Darnold, but they're trying to do whatever they can to get some pieces for him right now. As a whole, though, you don't need to take two flyers on two former first-round quarterbacks in the same. When you right. still believe in Mason. Exactly. And when I say you, I mean the, right, Steelers, the Steelers are telling us they right. still believe in Mason. And their actions have replicated that. They, they have. haven't released they have. them. They haven't made a splash free agency backup veteran quarterback signing. So, they haven't drafted in a quarterback since Mason a few years exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, I just don't. I think it's, it's more of a redundant move if you bring in Sam Darnold when you already have a guy that's in the exact same boat of pedigree, struggled early on, a lot of question marks in terms of can they get it done, but because it's still so you know closely removed from them being drafted where they were drafted, it's the worth the intrigue. It's worth the yeah. intrigue of a flyer. Yeah. If, if you're a team that can take a flyer on a quarterback, you Sam do it. Donald yes. is worth a third rounder. Yes. But if you're the Steelers, if you're the Steelers it doesn't make sense. Now, yeah. Motes, let's say, hypothetical, right? The Jets end up keeping Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. You know, they they take uh, the tackle from Oregon or they take Jamar Chase or one of these yeah. guys, you know. And we're sitting here next year and the Jets are picking in the top five again and they're clearly done with Sam Darnold. Then I would probably and, – and, and we've seen enough from Mason and from Haskins to think, eh, no. Then I would say, yeah, for a third-round pick, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. But as we sit here right now, do I think Donald is worth a third-round pick? Yes, just not to the Steelers. 100%, man. Yeah. 100%. Uh, David wants to know any comments on this. And, you know, that Photoshop guy, he put together a April Fool's edition of breaking news. Arthur Motes agrees to the Steelers, ends retirement on a one-year deal. Any comments? Listen. The body. I have nightmares occasion no exaggeration i've had nightmares about coming out of retirement i call them nightmares because i literally wake up in like a cold sweat screaming like it was a night terror wifey looking at me crazy i can't make this up i legit have had nightmares about this so even though y'all guys think this is funny i don't like you playing with my ptsd like this all right you gonna have me i'm gonna mess around have another dream about it tonight we're like, ah! Wait, 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 you okay? He's gonna wake, no. up, he's gonna wake up in Flagstaff trying to get right. to practice. Like, wait, what's with wrong? The Cardinals. What's wrong? Babe, I had this dream. It was this crazy. JJ Watt was yelling at me because hey. I was late to Cardinals practice. My cleats, I was trying to time, and they weren't time right. And then I was looking at my gloves, like, come here, old faithful. I told you I would never dust you guys off again, but I gotta dust you off. You know, the last time what happened, we put these things on. It's still blood and guts on you, baby. Like, but don't worry like about Maximus it. Maximus and Gladiator. You know what I mean? Like, like I just, I just, I, I don't want to go back down that line. I don't want to go back there. All right. Stop. I don't want to go there no more. No. No. <laughs> TC. We got a couple people here uh, just, I think, kind of wondering um, what your preference is with, with ETN over Harris. So let me read both of these, mm-hmm. and then I think because they're both kind of similar. TC um, says, give me Harris over ETN. He seems more like an every down running back, and I think ETN is too much finesse. Don't trust his blocking or blitz pickup feel like uh, Harris played better against opponents in the SEC and his age doesn't bother me because of just the nature of running back contracts. Jason says, Motsi, why ETN over Harris and why give up capital when you could wait to get an, uh, an awesome back like Harris or Javante Williams? Thanks for answering. So just kind of your, no, no, your thoughts on both No, no, these are good questions. So this is the reason, right? If we're sitting at 24, 
and we're not going to move, sure, give me Harris over any of those guys, right? But we say that because we understand that Etienne is not going to be there. That's why we say at 24, if we're going to sit there, stay with Harris. But if you're going to move up, yeah, if you're going to move up, the reason why I say ETN over here is because the explosive big play capabilities that ETN yes. is capable of. What people have to remember is this, and it's not a slight at any of the Alabama players, but it's the facts. They were playing with a loaded roster. So the holes that Najee ran through were a lot bigger than what he's going to see at the NFL level. The things that he was able to do in terms of just the matchups created – it's a lot easier to do when you have Devontae Smith out there Jaylen killing Waddle people. Jay, like, it, and it's, Mac Jones so and Landon Dickerson. <laughs> so to me, when you think Five of, or six dudes on that offense are going to get drafted in the first round. Think about how good their offense was this year. And think about what Clemson. Clemson's offense was down this year. This was a down year. And Travis Steele was able to do his thing and put up numbers with far less around him this time. So even though his numbers took a slight decline, his steal was still, he was still a very productive player. And why is that important if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers? How do you think our offensive line is going to look next year? Do you think our offensive line is going to resemble more of what we saw from Alabama? Or is it going to be probably more of what you saw in Clemson? We know that ETN can make guys miss. He does a great job of that, the speed that he plays with. You're going to need more of that than just being a thumper. And not saying that Najee can't make guys miss, but he really took off once he decided to run like a big back. Mm. His first couple years, he was doing the, I'm going to make you miss. I'm going to do this and this and this. Nowhere near as effective. These This past year, he ran like Hitting a big bat. And you saw it paid dividends yep. for him. That's where everybody started to love him, right? Yep. But at the NFL level, for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year, we don't have this great offense line that we're putting out there. Right now, it's a work in progress. But even with that, it's still going to be drastically different. So, for me, if I'm picking, I want a guy that's a little bit more elusive. I want a guy that can make you miss because he's going to have to potentially make a lot of guys miss at times. Sure. ETN definitely can do that. He's done it for a longer time. I've seen it consistently from him. So if I'm going to pick my, if I'm going to have my choice of moving up to get that guy, if he was available, yeah, to me, I think that he's that good that he's worth the capital for it. I think that's well said. That's well laid out. Uh, but if you don't want to move up, then obviously you sit at 24 right. and you pick between Harris or Javante, whichever one you want to go with. Or maybe you hope one of those offensive right. tackles falls to Absolutely. you that you didn't think would be there. And then you try to yeah. hope that you can do something in maybe the second round, right? Maybe you can get Javante right? at 55. Absolutely. Or maybe you can trade up from 55 to 45 yes. and to then you can get your get running back there. Absolutely. Uh, TC also adds, never a fan of, of trading out of the first round because then you don't get the five-year contract option yeah. that, comes, that comes with the first-round pick. Um, Harry says, Arthur Motes got my vote for Hall of Honor. Oh, you're now three, you're three, three years out now, Arthur Motes. It's been three years. Man, you make me feel like an old man over here. Three years out. Well, this season will be your third year out, correct? Yeah. Because 18 was your last yes, year. Correct. So yeah, 19, yeah. 20, and then this will be 21. Yeah, well, last year in Pittsburgh, though, or is last year as a player? Th- you know what? That's a good question. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, because it's been I three years it, since Pittsburgh. I, just, but I thought it said three years since retirement, so I think uh, it means in general. But this is the thing because not everybody announced their retirement, though. That's also true. Because, like, for so example, maybe it is three years yeah, because I think about like a guy like Mike Mitch, for example, right? He hasn't officially announced a retirement, but he hasn't played in, I think, what, two years now? His last year was not this past year, the year before that with the Colts, but he hasn't been in Pittsburgh for three, four years now? Right. So that's why no, I'm just trying to like, how does yeah. that? You know what? I'll have to get clarification. Read the, we'll have to yeah. ask Reagan for clarification. I haven't read all the fine print or, or on I'll that. I'll go upstairs and I'll ask Stan Saverin because he's on the committee. I'll ask for clarification. But, 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 on but either way, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the vote, baby. There it is. <laughs> Our Pacific Northwest Yinzer, Brian out there in Washington, mm-hmm. says, I want Lamar Woodley in the Hall of Honor. Good call. 
would lead. Good call. You know I mean, you play he, to my he, heartstrings. He should be up there, right? The, I said earlier on the show, Troy Polamalu was the last Steelers jersey I ever bought. Lamar Woodley was the penultimate then mm-hmm. to the to the last Steelers jersey I ever bought. I got big love for 56. You would talk about a guy who played big when the time was big. I I think Lamar Woodley will find himself in the Hall of Honor one day. Woodley's the reason why I chose 55 when I came to Pittsburgh. I mean, I love PZ and everything like that, but when it came down to 55 versus 56, and 50, it was 50, 55, 56. Okay. I didn't want 50. I was just like, I wasn't a fan of the number. The zero on right. the end. No, no, and then no, obviously, Ryan Shazier's not listening. Well, no, no. And I, 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 he already, I already told him this because he got, he got the number after because he got drafted after right. I had signed. Right. So it was like, all right, you can take the 50. I don't you want 50. 50 yeah. Then I was like, 55, I love it. I was like, that's PZ's number. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, ah, I don't know how I feel. He's on the coaching staff right now. Right. But then I was like, 50. So I was like, yo, Willie just had just this. Did he that. just had the sword. Like, right. Couple months like, ago, like yeah, I'm like I'm not going behind that man <laughs> that suit with the five six that's on, smart. bro. That's smart. So that's why I wore fifty five, and yeah, <laughs> starting to buy that number, man. I was like, nah, that t- Willie, come on, bro. It's like if you're if you're a wide receiver coming to Pittsburgh, hold off on eighty four for a hey, little while. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't just put that on right now. No, no, no. Let let it cool off a little bit. It's too hot. Last one here. Last refresh. Uh, me said, Westman, you were spot on with your British fantasy football <laughs> impersonation. <laughs> uh, listen, love. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, um, 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 hip, hip, cheerio to the British culture. <laughs> you got to get a pint. You got to get a pie. And you got to wash your football. Whew, I like your football. <laughs> Mozi. All right. Just we don't need to talk about it. Just yes or no. You watching the Pirates game when we get out of here today? You said today, huh? Two o'clock. Oh, you said it was today at two o'clock, huh? Like today, today, two like, o'clock? Like today. Like, oh. not when you listen to this podcast, two oh, o'clock. Oh, I thought like, you meant like, like, like another. <laughs> like 33 minutes from now. Oh. Oh. He says. Uh, uh, you know what? You, <laughs> you know what? You're the fifth on this one? <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's going to happen, though, right? What's going to happen? So I want to say no, but since I'm about to go, yeah, obviously I do my, my, my little podcast sure. alone, right? Sure. I have my TV on in there. Because we just said this, now nah, it's going to just yeah. pop on Listen, to the baseball, Pirates. Well, just, it's going to happen. It's good background noise. That's it what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be. It's great background noise. Solely because of that, I'm going to have it on the screen. So thanks a lot for, you know, making me watch baseball today. <laughs> Motsi, we joke a lot. And we are honest. We're, we are not baseball guys, Arthur Motsi and I. But let's go Bucks. I mean, come on, baby. Yeah, let's go Bucks. We root for. We've said this before. Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We root for the the professional, the professional, not the collegiate. We yes. root for the professional teams in this tan every time they strap that Pittsburgh across their chest or across their helmets. Let's go Bucks. And I love their hats. Great Hall. Oh. They got some fire. I hats. mean, <laughs> they have the- obviously the, the Yankees and the Dodgers are the standard in that regard. But after mm-hmm. that, when it comes to logos, that Pittsburgh yeah, piece. That, that's- Iconic, or, or the baby. alternate pirate look on it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited, Moats, honestly, to see what happens because the draft is, it's weird. The draft for baseball is in the middle of the season. Yes. It's, in, it's like the first week in June. Mm-hmm. The Pirates have the first pick, and they're going to take one. There's two aces at Vanderbilt right now that mm. are just killing it. Kumar Rocker and uh, Jack Leader, I believe, is the other guy's name. Moats, they're both like 7 and 0 with like a point nothing ERA. <laughs> and they're like the co aces at Vanderbilt. Yeah. God bless Ben Charrington, the new general manager of the Pirates. Right. That's a pretty tough one. That's like the uh, Greg Oden or Kevin Durant. You know, that's like that's a tough one. Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, think, I mean, think about that conversation though. Oden versus Durant. Like, I guess Crosby and Ovi were bat- were different years, but Ovechkin even when or that whole thing. Oh man, I'm thinking. Oh, that's tough. Tough. 
Yeah. So that's what we'll be keeping on an eye on for the Pirates, yes. where they go with that first round pick. Other than that, let's just hope they win some games. Thus concludes our baseball coverage for the 2021 season. Boom. Motsi, this was a lot of fun, man. Uh, always a good week, but we're rolling along. Next week when we come back, I got to imagine we'll start looking more and more at the draft as we are mm-hmm. staring down that barrel. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a new former Mountaineer addition to hey. the roster to talk about. We'll have more Pro Day moving and shaking. Uh, thanks to Moats for rocking with me the entire week. Couldn't have a better host and hey co-host now, hey here. Uh, shout out to our guy Brian Backo, as always, for joining us today. And to everybody this week who got at us on the Twitter.com, you know that we always pr- appreciate your participation. Makes it more fun. Makes it more lighthearted around these parts. So that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week on Tuesday, high noon. And as always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. Ooh.